Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt it is very difficult to do a pregnancy announcement properly on a <laughs> podcast it's so much easier to do it with a visual medium do you have news for us are you the man who wrote marathoner i just don't understand <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. um i i i'm not pregnant but if i was a fame if i was announcing a pregnancy as a celebrity i could yeah. not do it here on the podcast i would yeah. have to do it on our instagram feed i guess i mean honestly honestly it's time for a good like celebrity to announce via tiktok you know like the the age of tiktok has risen yeah has a celebrity done that yet no i mean what celebrities like big on tiktok you know i, I feel like, like they dabble like, where's the video that's like, oh, we're pregnant, and it's that, like, one where they're bobbing the head, and then they turn, and it's, like, you and the next person, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No, it would be, can we skip to the good part, and then it would just oh, be yeah. a, <laughs> I don't know, a cloud of confetti or a, a montage of uh, those scary 3D um, ultrasounds or something. I want a pregnancy reveal, but it's to that Glee song, the, oh, I love you, my, oh, my. The Glee and song? It's, oh, and my it's gosh. Just, and it's just disrespect. doing the. Disrespect. And it's just, it's the, the Glee, Glee cover song. that they use, and the okay. dance is from okay. a Glee. Okay, okay, okay. What, you think if okay, I say okay, the okay, Tina okay, Turner okay. song, that, uh, that's, that people are going to get that? It's not Tina Turner! Who sang it? It's Celine Dion. No, Celine Dion did a cover of Tina Turner. No, you're joking. Yes. yes. Oh, well, River Deep I'm Mountain sorry. High is not a Celine Dion song. Are you? I don't know if I trust you at this moment. I'm looking this up. Song. I'm look. River Deep Mountain High is a song by Ike and Tina Turner, released oh, wow. as the title track of their 1966 studio album. Huh. I guess I'll have to give that one a listen. <laughs> but the Glee cover is of the Celine Dion version, isn't it? We there's have layers also, here. There's, then there was also a Supreme's Four Top version that came out in 1970. I'm going to have to other, this Other, no- other notable covers. Hmm. Um, a 10-minute long version by Deep Purple in 1968. Then Celine Dion covered the song in 1996. Yeah, that's what I was raised on. So my apologies to you. And then Amber Riley and Naya Rivera and covered the song. On. <laughs> yes. On episode four of the second season of Fox's television You're show. You're not Glee. even reading Wikipedia anymore. You just have that seared into your mm-hmm. into The your version brain. peaked at number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100, which I definitely knew without looking up. No, I didn't even get to the second season of Glee. I think I, I'm not even sure I got through the first season. Oh, wow. I just know that 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 the version that they use in TikTok is from Glee and the dance that they okay. do with the run is also from Glee. I don't think that Celine okay. Dion is doing that and her concerts. Okay. I I honestly didn't see that trend very well much, but yes. Okay. Okay. I didn't know there was a dance involved. I'm sorry. 
Sorry oh for gosh. bringing out Celine Dion's wow. close to my heart. It was one of the first CDs I owned. Okay, I just thought it was her. Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can name a single Celine Dion song aside from. My heart will go the on. The Titanic one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's on you, not on me. Like. <laughs> I can't educate you about everything, okay? You're like, Celine Dion has a bunch of great songs that she wrote <laughs> personally, like Silent Night, uh, okay, Grand okay, Old okay. Flag, uh, <laughs> The Star-Spangled Banner. Let's move on. We started this talking about pregnancy announcements, which I assume oh, yes. is your first story of the, of yes, the day. because <laughs> Rihanna is pregnant. There we are. Yes. Yes. With a dollar sign app, Rocky. Yes. Happy it, for them. Which, like, yes, but I feel like all all of the news is, like, we're not getting that album anytime soon because now she's pregnant. It's like everyone's excited that she's pregnant, but they're also like, where's the music? But that's been the, that's been the joke for the last decade, right? I mean, I don't know how long it's been since her last album, but yeah, when, that's, like, no. the constant joke is, like, where's the album? It's like, oh, Fenty, where's the album? Oh, Billionaire, where's the album? That sort of thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> so she keeps, she keeps showing up to the the Met Gala, but she <laughs> she can't figure out how to make another album. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy for them. The the photo was in New York, right? It was a big, uh, big uh, uh, yes. nor'eastern moment. Mm-hmm. Is that what the story's called? I was reading. Yeah, nor'easter. Also, I was reading an article about how much the pictures cost. And in order to like run one of her pregnancy photos, you had to spend $1,500. Like well, that's, that's how, how much she's the a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, now I want to look up her, her discography. When was the last album that she released? 2016 anti. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, in, that's insane that it's been so long. Has she released singles since then? Hmm. Do I don't even know if she's been featured. I think it's just when she moved was on the like. I'll give it how I live it. I live it how I get it. When was <laughs> that song? This episode is just. <laughs> it's just me now. singing song. You're like I that's actually know. a Celine Dion song. <laughs> what is that song even called? Lemon 2017. That's our last one. Oh wait, no. Oh, she had some called song called Believe It with Party Next Door in 2020. Do we know that? I've never heard of that song. I don't know. You're you're really testing my knowledge here. I You're not a Rihanna stan? I'm not a stan. Like I've liked a lot of her music, but it's not like I've been like, oh my gosh, where's the next Rihanna track? Right, yeah. Meanwhile, Taylor Swift is like, I'll be delivering seventeen albums here, everyone, <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> I wish I wish they would come out already. We've only gotten like three albums a year, tops. It's just uh, ridiculous. Yeah, but each Honestly. one is worth six albums because of the number <laughs> of songs that she has on there. <laughs> Wait, does this mean I get to talk about the only other story I tracked this week? Is it a Taylor Swift story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. go. Go Hello? for it. I didn't know, I didn't know there oh was a Taylor goodness. Swift story. Oh, I love getting to educate you, the secret Swifty who I know is just dying to know all things related to her. But um, I'm sure you saw it. But uh, someone went viral for a LA Times article that the lead singer from Gorillaz, he has a solo act now. I don't know if this is. Oh, <laughs> yes, I did see you. this. And he was like, oh, Taylor Swift didn't write her own music. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she went to Twitter and then all yeah. of her fans were like, how dare you? And then she and then oh, he had to release another statement. Yeah. I mean, release another statement is an interesting way to say it because he said, you know, oh, Taylor Swift doesn't write her own songs. And the um, the interviewer was even like, no, she does. And he's like, no, um, she co-writes like 
And co-writing doesn't mean what people think it means. It doesn't mean anything. I blah, 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 blah. I think Billie Eilish is a better writer. She writes her own stuff, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. It goes viral. The fans probably, you know, this is the right, this is the right. Uh, I want to clarify the steps that happened because the fans kind of blew this tweet up. LA Times knew what they were doing, though. You know, they have a. Oh, they yeah, they're not dumb. Tweet that's like, <laughs> Taylor Swift, she doesn't write her own songs. So that goes viral. Taylor Swift, a lot of Taylor Swift's like collaborators kind of come out and are like, um, actually, Taylor Swift herself responds and is like, don't, don't come at me for my work, even if you don't like it. Like, I write my own stuff. This is damaging to say like suck my dick basically is the <laughs> hidden message there <laughs> and then he responds to her tweet and is like oh yeah i would never say anything like that that was clickbait and um i totally believe you write your own stuff signed damon which is just like it it's one thing if it was yeah <laughs> gaslighter it's one thing for these people to cite like oh it was misconstrued when it's a i don't know like a sort of uh, full article that's written out, but this was just an interview that was printed, right? Like a question, answer, question, answer. So it's like, does he think we're dumb? Like, I don't understand how people can well, try to say that. I mean, I will say that when, as a journalist, when you do those, there are still heavily edited. Right. But yes, yeah, it's yeah, it's not like they pull the quote out of nowhere and he's like, and, and he's <laughs> like, oh, the, that was a you know completely different thing. It's like, well, we do have a general idea of what the conversation right, was. Right. Yeah. So then after Taylor tweeted that, then a lot more of her collaborators came out. Pretty much everyone who's ever worked with her wanted to get in on that moment. And they reiterated that, yes, in fact, Taylor Swift does write her own stuff. But then there were the, you know, blue check mark <laughs> Twitter personalities who were like, learn to let it go, Taylor. Which is one thing when she's tweeting about like a joke in a show no one's watched. And another thing I feel like when someone's like, this person's whole job is actually not what they say it is. And uh, I'm speaking with authority as a man who's never worked with her before. So I was more on board with her, her venting her frustrations to the straight white dude who's trying to tell people how it is. Well, I mean, she knows what she's doing. She knows she has this like arsenal of people who like, <laughs> if like, you know what I mean? Like she, I mean, the she, arsenal had already been released, though. So she, it, right. that was her point. Yes. She could have sat back and happily watched them do the job. Yeah, I guess but that's true. She was clearly... I mean, that's like been the criticism that has most flustered Taylor and that she's tried to prove, like, prove herself against time and time again in each era where, you know, she wrote Speak Now by herself. She released the 1989 voice memos and did a whole Grammy uh, performance where she's like, this is how I write my songs. And then with the reputation, she did all the making of behind the scenes watching her process and then with Miss Americana she shows her working with Joel so it's like I think that this seems more of a situation where she was reacting like I'm so annoyed that this keeps coming up because like how can I prove it anymore that I write my own stuff mm -hmm. yeah so she got she got the last word in and her her tweet after that tweet was, oh, and I wrote that tweet all by myself, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> oh, yes, I did see th that's the that's the that's queen. the thing that that I saw. <laughs> yes, I was like, OK, OK, classic Taylor. She's back. <laughs> she is up to her old shenanigans. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So maybe we're getting speak now next because that, you know, just fits with the era's vibe, which is men doubting taylor swift's own talent so 
I do have, okay, so I feel like maybe we've talked about this before, maybe we haven't. It's interesting to me that of the sort of general arts fields that music is the one that you seem to age out of like mm. you can be an actor you can be a writer um and it doesn't really like you can be that as an 80 year old and, and no one really cares where for whatever reason musicians it seems like people only really like musicians when they're young and once they get older like that's a you know you're sort of like dead in the water and i don't quite understand why that is be- when when music is like a non-visual medium, you know, yeah. it's like, like there's lots of times where I'm listening to stuff. It's like, I have no idea who, what this right. person looks like, who's singing it. You know, it could be anybody. I just found this song on Spotify. Daft Punk. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I wonder like with Taylor Swift, do you think that there will be a point where she will start to lose some of the relevancy because she's like she's been like even now that she's re-releasing these things i sort of Mm -hmm. thought like oh okay well maybe this like maybe people will care less about this but they do not she yeah they care a lot even though this is like repeats um it's an interesting question i feel like as a tired adult with new responsibilities that take away from my passions of yesteryear i can see why most bands fizzle because their audience ages out of having the same time and interest in caring about music in the same way, right? Like, like there are bands that I followed in high school and college that I just don't anymore. I don't, I don't know what they're up to, you know, like what is Coldplay doing? I have no idea. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's where the natural sort of abandonment happens where it's not like oh you're ugly you're not cool anymore it's just that their audience is just like too old to fill stadiums and like but you're still listening to music it's not like you get old and you stop listening to music (laughs) do you just like get to a certain point where you stop listening to new music and you're like you only listen to things that you've already listened to before yeah, maybe that's it. Like, I think obviously it'll be interesting to see how this like, generation I guess my happens. parents just listen to lots yeah. of like classic rock or whatever, and it's like okay. Yeah, and maybe just because they haven't kept up with trends, so like suddenly going from classic rock to Billie Eilish is like, what? This is music today, and like, how? Why would they turn on the radio to something like that? Yeah, I don't know, but I think like Taylor Swift's staying power is also tied to obviously her notoriety, and I think having her. And I think this is true of a lot of artists her age where like people are still following Rihanna and Drake and like whatever is because the people who grew up loving them are now the ones writing articles that are constantly highlighting, oh, what are they up to? What are they doing? And like validating and vindicating their every whim and choice. And so it allows the discourse to move to the next generation as well. And like, I don't know, I kind of think like looking at the age levels of Swifties, which is really my only <laughs> my only data point for this sort of question, it seems like a lot of them have discovered Taylor just because Taylor continues to be omniscient, like in the musical mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for better or worse as far as <laughs> the news stories go. But I don't yeah. know. I think it's like true of like Beyonce too, where Beyonce continues to be relevant on a not just musical level, but like a social and pop culture level too. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Although I feel like Taylor has less, uh, like she's diversified less than like someone like Rihanna too. 
who oh, have kind of... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's well, like, still focused on just music. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. she doesn't really have a side gig outside of music, does yeah. she? I mean, I guess she's been in, like, a couple of movies, but... Yeah, it's, no. <laughs> but where, like, Beyonce and, and Rihanna yeah, have true. sort of, like... But then, but yeah, but then I guess like Pink and some of these other people like haven't really done anything else. They're just still doing the same old. Who knows? Anywho, <laughs> um, sort of another music adjacent story, not really music, but on Spotify <laughs> is this Joe Rogan situation um, that's been going on. I saw that you were t- uh, posting about this on Instagram. So I was like, okay, <laughs> Shelby knows what's going on here. Um, oh, you want the rundown or do you know? I mean, I I read the stories, oh, but okay, if yeah. you feel passionate, I, oh, you no. can <laughs> you can take it. Well, I guess the thing is uh, a multi step process. Where Joe Rogan, Spotify has been buying up a lot of podcasts. They've they've they're moving. They've really their, been moving yeah, yeah, yeah. hard into the podcast space. because that's where the money is. You know, they gave like thirty million to Harry and um uh. Oh, not Megan? Kate, Megan. Yeah, Harry and Megan to produce a podcast, which has not seen the light of day. Um, and then Joe Rogan, they got a Spotify exclusive deal with him for upwards of a hundred million dollars. And Joe Rogan, ugh, I don't even know how to describe him. He's he's like a more like a less political, like more chatty broish Ben Shapiro type, right? Like it's not like his his vibe is all political, but he's known for having these conversations um, with both sides uh, where he just, I don't know. He just talks. And so he's, it's like he's, he likes to stir the drama, yeah, but in a way that's like slightly less overt than some of the like straight up political Twitter people and under sort of a guise of, Oh, like I'm just exploring different ideas, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like anybody who wants to can kind of come on the show, but his audience, I think typically tends to lean much more conservative and much more male yeah. in the demographic. Yes. And so recently he's had a lot of misinformation about COVID and vaccines and just spewing a lot of anti-science, anti-vax rhetoric that's really just goes without any sort of flag or fact check or whatever. And so this came to you know, he's been around, but the Spotify deal is pretty recent. And then Neil Young came out and was like, listen, if Spotify is going to have Joe Rogan spewing this anti-vax stuff specifically, then I want my music off. And Spotify kicked Neil Young off. Like he, they removed his music pretty much immediately after that. And so that sent the internet a buzz. Um, Joni Mitchell came out in solidarity and said, I'm removing my music too. And Spotify's stock plummeted by like $2 billion. And um, and it has spawned uh, many a think piece and movement to cancel Spotify, move to other subscription services and kind of uh, toe the line that way as far as uh, standing against misinformation. And then well, you can sort of see like, yeah. on one hand you can see this all blowing over and having it not be a big deal, but you can, I feel like, especially in the wake of some of the, I, for lack of a better term, cancellations mm-hmm. that were involved with the Black Lives Matter movement, you can see how yeah, if it becomes a thing where, okay, lots of these big celebrities are removing their stuff, then it's like everybody sort of has to. You know, yeah. if, like, if Taylor Swift is like, I'm removing my music from Spotify, then 
all of these other artists feel like, okay, well now I look bad if right. I'm still on Spotify. So now I got to remove it. And then you get to a point where Spotify has just lost, you know, a ton of their top artists and podcasts yeah. and they don't want that to happen. Yeah. I mean, they have come out with a release and they said that their solution is to put a flag on any content that could possibly be misinformation and say that this is not verified and you should do like, look at your sources, sort of like what Facebook did where it's like, have you verified this? Like, have you thought about looking into this further before sharing this, Karen? And um, sort of a non-solution where there's still, you know, there's still this idea of like, oh, we want to, we want to facilitate conversations. We want both sides to feel welcome. Like, we want to have like blah, 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 blah. And Joe Rogan came out and was like, yeah, I'm sorry you guys feel like I'm spreading anti-vax information. I'm really not. I'm not a doctor. I just... I just was having a conversation and like, I didn't mean any harm. And it's like, meanwhile, you're, you're telling 20 year olds not to get vaccinated because they'll get a microchip in their arm. And like, it's just, it's like a non apology sort of apology where they are hoping that it'll just pull over. Like they're doing the bare minimum. And honestly, artists leaving the streaming site, I don't even know if that's like a risk for them because that's no longer where Spotify is making their money. And yeah. it really hasn't been, which is why they pivoted to podcasts and kind of producing Right, that. but if podcasters leave oh, Spotify, yeah. then that could hurt them. Yeah. I mean, like, our our podcast is on Spotify, but we can, we can pull that at any moment if we wanted to. So I think, yeah. like, obviously some podcasters have deals with Spotify and whatnot, right. but, you know, I think most, I think everything that's on their uh, platform is there voluntarily for the most part. So right. Yeah, like exactly. People can get rid of things if need be. It's tricky in this situation because, like, yes, he is spewing rhetoric that is misinformation and unhelpful, but it also, like, he, his whole sort of aesthetic is less like firebrand, like, preaching from the pulpit and more like oh i'm just like trying things out i'm just whatever (laughs) so you so like to i feel like for spotify to get rid of him like i think they would need him to do something more like i i'm not sure they have the grounds to get rid of him but also they don't want to be they they picked him right like that's the that's the thing that's annoying is it's like yeah joe rogan if you lined up like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro and Joe Rogan. I might choose a different order of cancellation than Joe Rogan first. But it's like they're the ones who were like, oh, here's a hundred million dollars and we will sponsor your podcast. And it's like, yuck, you know? Yeah, I don't love that. Yeah, I know. But But then all of this is so tricky because then you get into the freedom of speech thing, which is obviously very different for getting paid by Spotify. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm trying to move. We are trying to move to Tidal. I haven't ever tried Tidal. Is it good? I don't know. (laughs) Supposedly, they also pay artists better. So maybe I should have done it a long time ago. Um, I feel like the thing with, I mean, maybe this is not the case anymore. I feel like at some point title, like there were bunches of artists that title didn't have. So then you're sort of like, okay, well, am I paying for this streaming service that then I'm not going to be able to listen to things on? Like that was frustrating for me with Spotify when like 
Beyonce's albums weren't all on there. And it's like, okay, well now I'm having to like buy the iTunes version. And if I want to go listen to Beyonce, I have to like listen. So I don't know. Yeah. I would, where now I think Spotify basically has everybody except for Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, (laughs) who I don't really listen to anyways. So also I love Spotify wrapped, but (laughs) I know you do. Who is is Spotify owned by somebody? I don't know. I don't I think at some point they I don't know if anyone's bought them I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think yeah, so. Cuz that feels like it would be a company that somebody else might own, but I don't know if that is true or not. Yeah, whatever. It's like I just feel like, you know, it, it's hard to be a consumer in this world and feel like you're doing any good cuz eventually you just oh, you just a Swedish it always company. gets corrupted, you know. <laughs> Did you know that? No. <laughs> but yeah so that's the spotify drama um i kind of doubt anything more will come of it but yeah i mean i don't know what to do in this world when there's nazis again and anti-vaxxers galore galore and it's like whatever i don't know it's disappointing but all of these giant corporations are like you know rife with issues in a million different ways so it's like if you go poking around too much then you're yeah, you're like off in the woods living off, uh, you know, killing your soccer teammates yeah. and eating them because that's the, you know, best way. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can you can cl- cancel your Facebook, but you're still on Instagram and it's everything just too. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Any other um, stories? Well, just I read this article that was very fascinating to me, which I don't know if it's really like a story story necessarily, but I feel like you might. Oh, okay. Find it interesting. So it's about Dakota Johnson. And this is a Vulture article by Rebecca Alter um, called Did Dakota Johnson Lock Customers Inside of a Blue Bottle Coffee in 2016? An Investigation. <laughs> and this okay. person, this uh, did you see the story at no. all? So this person tweeted, true story, Dakota Johnson once locked me and my mom inside a blue bottle coffee shop because the barista told her she couldn't make the coffee herself. And then followed up with this tweet of Dakota Johnson, like standing at the door of a coffee shop. And it says she closed the door on all of us where she who were still inside, pulled a rope out of her bag, tied the doors (laughs) shut and walked away. We had to have a passerby untie the rope so that we could get out. (laughs) Which just feels like such a ludicrous story. And so then this journalist was like, this can't be true. But so they reached out to the person who had tweeted and they didn't respond right away. They were looking on the Internet and somebody else had tweeted a similar story about Dakota Johnson, like trying (sighs) to go like trying to make her own coffee at a coffee shop and then leaving. And so and these were from different sources. So the reporter was like okay well something like this must have happened because these are like two different you know storylines and so then finally they reached back uh, they they reconnected with the man who gave the original tweet but he obviously didn't know why it, it had happened so then they were like cross-referencing okay well the dress she was wearing in this picture is also a dress she was wearing in this vogue shoot that she did and so then they were trying to figure out if somehow or another this was like a part of the vogue shoot that didn't go well so then they were reaching out to the director of the vogue shoot and he was like oh that's too long ago i honestly don't remember what happened it, it was just like a very wild, like interesting sort of uh, journey. And what they came to the conclusion of was that 
for this Vogue shoot, she was trying to, she wanted to somehow or another have a shot of her making coffee as like a barista. And when they went into Blue Bottle, Blue Bottle was like, yeah, you can't actually do that because of like health concerns or whatever, even though you're a celebrity. And so then, but then they still haven't figured out if Dakota Johnson like locked (laughs) the door because she was mad or if that was also part of the video because then that section never appeared anywhere online. And Dakota Johnson's reps have not talked about this. So did she get angry <laughs> well, and lock I people mean, inside of a coffee shop? We don't know. What a, what a lazy journalism to not even give us this illusion. What is it, serial season well, one? They, I just they're like, we, we've reached out to Vogue. We reached out to her. We were, yeah, like <laughs> That seems like... I. I mean, yeah, it's tough because also, did you just like one of my tweets while I was telling that story? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a multitasker. Do you not want me to like your tweets, Matt? I was looking for other stories. Do you want me to run a podcast and not be on top of the news? You didn't look this up ahead. You're you're (laughs) sitting here. I'm trying to tell you this news, and you're like, "This is so boring." I'm gonna get out my phone and scroll through Twitter. No, 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 no. No, scrolling. Oh my gosh. Scrolling is a Okay, that's it. That's word. fine. That's fine. I'll uh this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, this has been great. Shelby's bored well, you for know this what? evening. I've learned is just not to like your stuff. I thought you needed it. I just saw the one little I mean, like and I wanted I mean, to help you. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna drag me for not being more popular. <laughs> Rude. Um, okay. Can, should we move on to love it or hate it? Yes. Even though I just I just remembered, I think that you already talked about this. Um, I watched Euphoria. Just kidding. <laughs> really? Um, but no, I watched. I will talk about it again. <laughs> I watched Coda. Um, oh yes, I've which, seen Coda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think you might have mentioned it on a roundup, or maybe you just told me about it once. I mean, that was a while ago. It was so a long I don't time know. ago. So Coda is available on Apple TV, and it's a movie um, that came out in 2021. And I was watching it to prepare myself for our end of year roundup, which I'm very woefully behind on. Um, but it's the story of a hearing person who's the only hearing person in her deaf family and sort of how she navigates that as she's finishing up high school and wondering what to do with her life and how her family relies on her and how she relies on her family and all this sort of stuff. And it was so enjoyable. I really, really liked it. And there's like, uh, she, she realizes she loves singing and she kind of like gets involved in the school choir and realizes that she has a talent for it because of this teacher who's trying to help her. And I thought it was really like a charming sort of coming of age story that did a lot of interesting things around the, the deaf community and the layers there and this small town sort of rejecting and then accepting. And like, I thought it was really beautiful. And I don't know if it's just because I don't know. I'm a softie now, but it was really, really sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely sort of the feel-good option in this year's Oscar crop. Yeah. And it it got bought out of Sundance, I think, last year for like a crap ton of money. And everybody loved it. Then it came out at the end of summer on Apple. And I feel like didn't really get that much um traction but then over the fall more and more people were watching it and it started winning critics prizes and such and so now it's you know i think we'll probably get nominated for best picture and a bunch of other things the dad in it i think especially is really funny and likely to get nominated uh yeah i enjoyed it it's not it is a little schmaltzy at points right so 
it wasn't necessarily like my favorite favorite movie ever, but it was very sweet and very yeah uh, enjoyable and very funny. There's a lot of funny bits in it, yeah. and you know you cry at the end. And because she's a um, she wants to study music. There's you know various like musical elements to it, which I also always like in a movie. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it. It was a you know a feel good moment if you're if you're looking for one of those these days. So. Yeah. It's on Apple TV, and I'd recommend anyone watch it. Another sort of like a fun feel goody movie, <laughs> if you're looking for one, is so I so Jennifer Lopez has a new movie coming out called Marry Me. Mm-hmm. So for work, I'm writing an article about Jennifer Lopez's love interests and rom coms, which I hadn't seen very many of, and so I watched Second Act, which came out a couple of years ago. And did you see this when it came out, Shelby? I mean, not the moment it did, but I I saw it somewhere in the years. Yeah, because I feel like it came up in like a roundup or something. And Mm. people generally, I think, liked it. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Jennifer Lopez is a as a woman who works at a grocery store and is like, uh, my life like sort of isn't going anywhere. She wants to be a manager. And they're like, no, we're not going to let you be a manager. So her friend's kid like uh, sets her up for this job interview at this company based on all of these fake credentials she goes in for the job interview gets the job and then sort of has to perform pretending that she's this like ivy league grad who knows all these different languages and studied abroad and it's just a it's a funny premise Mm -hmm. that's really outlandish but sort of (laughs) handled in a fun way vanessa hudgens is in it and is and is good leah remini is good um Milo Ventimiglia is the love interest. It was just like a fun rom-com. And now I've watched a bunch of her rom-coms. And I feel like it's sort of the... In some ways, it's the most ludicrous, but also like kind of the <laughs> least ludicrous at the same time. And uh, just, yeah, I guess I can I could see that. Like, yeah, it, it just sort of like works. She is very, she is very likable yes, always. in all of these movies. And... Her one thing that I noticed is she, she plays over and over and over again this this character type that's like a sort of um she's like poor she's not book smart but she's street smart she's and she's scrappy. really sweet and she's scrappy and so she's gonna you know sort of like make a way for herself even though she's disadvantaged and I think they put that sort of trope to good use in this as not a oh well I'm just gonna like marry my way to the top which is usually what happens but in a oh well she's actually like a good worker and like knows more stuff than you think she does although then then there's also various point plot points that are absolutely insane like they're it's this makeup company and she's like trying to design like a face cream or something it's like the dumbest thing and there's not a chance in hell that that is that anything that happens in this movie is any way that anybody actually designs a face cream but enjoyable nonetheless (laughs) yeah i love that journey for you really i do um i'm like if you're gonna watch a jayla movie and it's not hustlers it might as well be second act. I think it's her second best movie that I've seen so far. Oh, wow. Oh, do we have to wait to see? Oh, you mean compared to Hustlers? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah compared yeah, to yeah. Hustlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there another... Do you, do, you, do you feel like there's a better J-Lo movie? Oh, no. I, I mean, no. Arguably. Inarguably, no. But um, I enjoy probably... I have a soft spot for The Wedding Planner and also 
I don't know if you had to watch this one, but Anaconda, I think she really does a good job. Oh, I love Anaconda. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not a rom-com. She's yeah. also, also the boy next door is the most ludicrous film ever and oh, a yeah, fun, like watch hate that. watch. But uh, see, but that's you, I don't, I don't like the teen adult romance movie, no matter how the angle they take, like if it's criticizing it, whatever, romanticizing it. Ugh, I just can't stand it. It creeps me I think out. Te- technically, he is not like, he's not a high school student. He's like a college student, I think. Okay. Well, I still don't like that line. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. You haven't been dating some 19 year olds recently? <laughs> no. Uh, but um, I look forward to seeing that list. Uh, happy you're, you're giving credit where credit's due in JLo's career. Um, but yeah, um, there is nothing to do this week. We realize the world did not provide, so we will not have an episode this Thursday, unfortunately, but we hope to come back with a good dumpuary, uh, moment with the release of moon, moonfall, moonfall, moonfall which I am, I am looking forward to. Looks even bad. Said, <laughs> I'm looking forward to liking it, which is not the case at all. I think it's a good it's good for us to watch a dumb movie every now and then. So everybody, stay tuned for next week when we get a, <laughs> a, a sh- recording of Shelby saying like, "Oh, Moonfall, one of the t- top ten movies I've ever seen." Yeah, could be. I don't know. You know, never. We, say al- never. we also have a Patreon episode coming out. Yes, instead. yes, we'll have a Patreon episode uh, just in the nick of time. Um, which you can find at patreon.com backslash PSU wrong. We do monthly bonus episodes as well as me ranting about whatever Taylor Swift topic I feel like talking about at the time. So always a good time over there, but you can also catch us on our social media at PSU wrong um, on Instagram or send us an email at you. Perfect. See you guys next week. Bye.